Hello, friends. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of For the Love of Sports. Today, we have Jonah Pineda. He is the CEO and founder of One Set Four, um, and he also is a branding and marketing specialist. Jonah is, um, he loves sports, don't we all? That's why we're here. And he has been doing so much in the charitable space within fitness and um, event planning. It is very, very cool. Some of the things that he's doing, he really gets to talk to us about the charities that he loves, the things that he supports and how he supports them through his um, his company, One Set Four. So it's a lot of fun. And I hope you guys thoroughly enjoy the conversation Jonah and I had. There we go. So, uh, Jonah, thank you so much, Jonah Pineda, right? Did I say that correct? Pineda, yeah. Pineda. Uh, I'll get it one of these days. Um, Jonah is the CEO, founder of One Set Four. Uh, he's also a branding and marketing specialist. He's had some pretty cool jobs in sports with the Fort Lauderdale Strikers, as well as, what do I have here? You were in a graduate assistant, I think, on our communications or something or other a few years right. back, right? Yeah, that's right. I was Those are the days, man. Those were the days. I did assistant at, at school while I was also pursuing my uh, my MBA. Whew, that's a lot of time, but good for you, brother. And thank you again for for hanging out with me today. You have a couple different. There's a few things that I definitely want to talk about, but I think you know when you and I connected uh, probably a couple weeks ago at David Meltzer's um, meetup right before the holidays. Uh, I know. If I'm not mistaken, you came from overseas, you went to Florida, you hung out in Florida for a couple of years, you had an account that kept bringing you up to New York and you said, well, best city on earth, might as well go there. So, um, you know, tell me a little bit about, you know, growing up not here in the United States and then eventually migrating yourself over here. All right. Well, yeah, uh, my background, I was born in Colombia, in the capital in Bogota, which is also a very busy uh, environment. Uh, very similar to New York, very convenient in certain ways, uh, where you got your bakery, your barbershop all around the corner uh, within the same block. So as a kid growing up over there, sports was uh, my passion. And I was uh, pretty much uh, a happy kid, always playing outside. And, uh, you know, coming to the U.S., that was a big change because when we migrated, um, for whatever reasons, it, it was our parents were trying to bring us here for b- better education, right? So it was a different environment in Florida, of course, because it's not like New York where, you know, you could move in the train or just walk anywhere. Um, it was a lot uh, of a different environment. So it was a big change. Where, where in Florida was it? We first moved into Fort Lauderdale, downtown Fort Lauderdale. Ooh. So back then, Fort Lauderdale wasn't as popular as it is now. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, at least the downtown area wasn't. Now it's a uh, very... Uh, it's hopping uh, now. Yeah, it's popping, it's developing, and uh, there's so much uh, new construction and buildings and, uh, I guess, investments they've done to that community where, where we used to live. So 
it's it's nice. It's uh, it's always nice to go back and see how much changes. <laughs> Absolutely, man. No, and and I think you know my my grandparents lived in Florida for a little while. Um, I've never been to Fort Lauderdale. My brother's been multiple times, but you know I've only heard great things, and I've only heard that there are you know you can walk down the street and see some of the coolest cars that you'll ever see in your entire life there, and they're just parked on parked right on the curb. Uh, you don't really see that too often in New York City, but uh, no, man, that that is that is really cool. Kudos to your parents for uh, being able to do that and giving you guys um as you said just a little bit uh some some better education to uh you know be able to create the lives that you would like um and i think you've done definitely that uh so before we get too much deeper into your story um one thing i always want to ask people you know with with this show i want to interview people i want to have conversations with people around sports because it's the most impactful thing on me um emotionally, I would say, you know, my emotions really waver, you know, if the Mets lose, which is constant, I'm usually sad if the Giants lose, which recently has been constant. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sad, but, uh, you know, they, they control my emotions for better or for worse. So I'm just curious, you know, what, what is it about sports that you love? Um, and where does the passion from it, uh, come? Well, you, you said it, man, it's uh, emotion, right? Uh, I feel like I'm, I'm, in, I'm an emotional person. And growing up, I've I've always been that person, and not until I came into the adulthood like did I start to kind of understand the power of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that's that's what I love about sport. Like any sport that you play, there's there's emotion and there's that passion, and uh, you could find that anywhere in the planet. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a hundred percent. I mean, you can go anywhere. Um, you know, they're called soccer hooligans, but I'm sure football and baseball have their own, uh, version, uh, just maybe a less clever name or or more colorful terminology. But, um, you know, I always think it's funny, you know, fan is short for fanatic, right? Like that's, that's what we are. We're fans, we're crazy, we're emotional and, and we love it. And, um, you know, so, so I guess on the topic of emotion, like how, how have you learned, to control your emotions, especially when it comes to sports. So personally, I, um, you know, go back three, five, 10 years, my emotional swing was significantly, significantly more, you know, I would, I would really ride high, I'd really ride low. Um, now I've finally been able to, it's, it's more, you know, it's not quite as high and low, it changes, but, um, you know, it, it hasn't been a while since I've been, you know, honestly sad about like, like very, like, for a few days, depressed about an outcome. Um, but I mean, I guess just to throw it to you, like what, how do you, how do you deal with your emotions, especially, you know, back when you were a kid and then now that you're a little bit older, you can kind of have a little bit better feel for the world. So, you know, sports teaches you a lot of things. So obviously the emotional aspect of it, I learned to manage it by one, number one, it was playing it, right? Uh, if you learn to control your emotions during the game, then you might have control of the outcomes of whether you win or lose or tie or, you know, the result of it. And same with coaching. So the second part was coaching the sport. Um, initially, I, when I started coaching, and I actually we go back to the full out of those trackers, that's where I got my soccer coaching license. Um, I didn't know how to manage certain emotions. So I didn't also have the knowledge or I wasn't as wise in regards to how to handle somebody else's emotion towards the game. Mm-hmm. Right? So that coaching also taught me a lot about um, how to manage that. And those things that I've 
learned from playing coaching, I've also transferred into the business aspect of it. So understanding why people are passionate, why people get mad, why people are excited, why, you know, why certain players or athletes perform better under pressure and some others don't, you know, it's understanding those things uh, that have really, really impacted uh, my career in sports. I love it, man. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's good to have emotions, but it's better to control them, right? Like that's, that's kind of one thing that a lot of people find out um, sometimes a little too late, but most people find it out in time. Uh, so I think it's pretty important. So um, yeah, let's, let's go back to the Fort Lauderdale Strikers. I saw, I did a little bit of research, dug a little deep, uh, not too deep, but deep enough and found out that you did some sponsorship sales for the Strikers, um, which is pretty cool. Cause that's what I do um, for Olympic athletes and Olympic properties. So, I mean, this was a few years ago now, but uh, tell me about your time there and um you know how much fun you had and and really what you got to learn boots on the ground uh with with the strikers sure man i'll tell you a little bit about the strikers the they're uh, they were okay because right now that organization is no longer uh existent mm -hmm. they they kind of vanished uh over time but they were very uh local based uh community so when i first started there i just started in sales you know just selling tickets and eventually i worked my way up into sponsorships because of my relationship with the community so um the exciting part about that was creating the experiences you know not just for the fan that was coming to the stadium you know buying a ticket and coming to the stadium to see the sport but also to the sponsors, you know, whenever they wanted to bring, uh, for example, a group outing uh, to one of the suites and have a different experience than going to a baseball game or just going out to a bar, they went out to an actual sporting event. So uh, it was creating value, you know. Base hey, baseball is a real sport. What are you talking about? I, I know it is. I know it's exciting. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's exciting, but you got to understand, like, no, I get it. I get uh, there's it. There's a sport for, for different people, right? And and uh, there were certain crowds, especially in South Florida, that, um, you know, are more like European-based or Latin American. So it was finding those targets. Um, who really likes it and who enjoys it or who wants to see a different experience, right? Like mm -hmm. something different, so. Uh, it was all showing up value up front for sponsorships and, and creating those relationships that allow you to develop things into a bigger scale, right? So everything, I, I believe, starts small and you start developing it little by little, just like you're starting with this podcast, right? Mm -hmm. and it takes little by little, you eventually grow it into something bigger. Absolutely, man. That's the goal. And uh, yeah, if we're being honest, people, I watch a lot of baseball. Um, and I'll be the first person to tell you, if you don't like it, it's super boring. But people in Florida do not care about baseball. Um, Miami Marlins, unfortunately, <laughs> uh, you know, the Tampa Bay Rays, unfortunately, uh, they just do not get anybody to come to the games. And it's unfortunate. But you know, hey, it is what it is. People, as you said, you know, people from different areas, people different strokes for different folks. So it's unfortunate. But hey, I'll, uh, I'll go to all the games that I can um, here in New York. And, uh, you know, hopefully the Mets win every once in a while. Um, 
So I know, you know, with, with working for a sports team and you've already brought it up, you know, most of your life you played sports, you, you're currently still playing sports. I remember that was one of the things that you and I uh, spoke about a little bit. There's this application you use on your phone uh, to just go find, you know, what's happening, where, where the, some of the games are. So with, with still playing sports, you know, is that, is that because you want to stay in shape? Is that because the competitive fire that you just want to, it's nice to remember to be what it's like, uh, you know, remember what it's like to be a kid still. Um, you know, what, what's the, what's the competitive drive like there, uh, when you are going out and, you know, playing on the street and, you know, beating people down. <laughs> yeah. Well, like I, like I told you, sport teaches you different things. And one of them is, is the, the, that controlling the emotions, right? It's, uh, so when I go out there to play, I could see how my competitive nature just, you know, as soon as I step in, I mm-hmm. click in, and I don't want to. It's a that the game we play is, is is street soccer, street football. So, uh, pretty much you have three teams, and whoever wins stays on the field. Right? So you don't want to get off the field. Mm-hmm. You want to stay. So, my competitive nature just wants to stay on the field the whole time, and. Uh, I guess that kind of also transfer into everything else that I do. So it kind of keeps me uh, going, you know, whenever I feel like, like, you know, things might not be going the right way or, or things are not going as fast as I want to, you know, it's, it's understanding that, okay, we got to control that emotion and things are going to go the right way. Just uh, have to find something right now that I got, I could do that could keep me going or keep that fire going. So. That's why I still play. It keeps me alive in that, in that aspect too. <laughs> I love it, man. I mean, personally, the last, uh, over the summer, we, uh, me, a bunch of friends of mine, we, um, we play in like a beer league softball. Um, you know, we are on a beer league softball team. So not the most competitive, but it is so much fun. Uh, we all have an absolute blast. I think we only won like one or two games this year, but every Thursday we showed up, we were excited. We were ready to go. We'd get our butts kicked, but it was fun every single time. And yeah, man, I I totally agree being able, you know, you're, you're coming from it from a different angle, but I mean, how have you then, you know, to transition this conversation a little bit, how have you been able to use what you learn on a weekly or a daily basis from sports and be able to apply that to the business or businesses that you're, you're currently running? Yeah. Well, so is that Look, we could transition it into uh, many different things, right? Like it's it's working with other people. It's sport. I mean, it could be individual or could be uh, a team, uh, right, that you're working with. And uh, most likely, if you're playing an individual sport, uh, you know that your mind is something that you got to uh, develop over time in order for you to uh, compete at the highest level, right? So now at this point where I'm at, it's like, although I do have certain teams that I work with or, or, or team members uh, for these projects, there are times where I'm alone and I need to keep myself accountable. So transferring those things where, okay, when I was an athlete, I knew that if I needed to be at the top or I wanted to be in the starting lineup or whatever it is, like, I needed to work on it myself, right? So is that that accountability that, okay, in order for me to continue to evolve, I need to work on myself. It's Mm -hmm. not just the teamwork. The teamwork is very important. uh, And being able to deal with others, right? And leading others, 
but myself is, is, is key. So, you know, every day I try to feed myself not just the best food, you know, there's certain days where I, I do cheat and you know, I indulge in certain things, but, um, but you know, it's every day trying my best to feed myself the best food, the best, you know, content, whatever I'm consuming. Um, it's, it's also, uh, eventually going to come out in, in my work, you know, and if I'm consuming the right things, then my work is going to be at the best, uh, that it could be. Absolutely. Um, you make a good couple great points. Uh, you know, it's not cheating, it's gamesmanship in sports. I think that's what we like to go with recently, uh, especially with a couple of the Patriot scandals, but that is a whole nother topic of conversation. Um, but no, I, I totally agree with you. Whatever you put in, you get out right now, that, whether that's food, whether that's content, whether that's, um, self-preservation or, or self-improvement. But another thing about, you know, you, uh, you have to make sure you're on top of your game, right? Because you can make other people better. You know, just because somebody else on the team isn't doing their job doesn't mean you can't make them better. Uh, you improving your skill set will lead to other people being better or doing a better job or understanding the project more. So I think you always have to keep yourself first and foremost. And I don't think that's out of a selfish thing. That's actually out of an unselfish um, way of living is by if you're being the best, then you can go and let other people through the knowledge you have through the information that you've taken in, give that to them um, to improve them along the way. So now everybody, you know, rising tide lifts all boats. So I think that that's fantastic. And you put it in a really great way. So I would then like, I would definitely like to talk a little bit about, I mean, you, you technically run two businesses, right? You have your, your marketing and your branding, and then you have one set four. So I'll, um, I'll toss it to you. Which one do you want to talk about first? <laughs> well, look, we, we could talk about how the, the fitness and wellness, uh, kind of transitions. They both transition into one another. Mm -hmm. So Basically, the strategy of, of, of both are bringing value. and Good, uh, good, good strategy. <laughs> yeah, so, it, and the thing with it is, okay, I got the marketing and branding services, but they're pretty much now tailored to uh, small businesses and connecting them with uh, the community, the local community. So... Uh, you know that it's a big challenge for small businesses to uh, perform uh, sometimes because the, usually that small business, you got one person doing five different tasks, right? Where one company, one major company has, you know, you know, specialized people on different things. So that knowledge that I've gained over time, I've developed certain systems that allow me to bring into the table for small businesses and connecting them to the community. So one way I connect them to the community is through sponsorships. For example, uh, there's a local baseball team, right? Or local football team um, or academy, for example. And then you got a, a real estate company in the area. So there's ways to connect them with sponsorship, right? And some of these actual organizations that are providing sports for the youth they're also now for profits. So there's multiple ways that a business, a small business owner could benefit from uh, supporting their local community in sports. And now around that, you create different strategies to also be able to target whether it's digital or traditional, um, 
you know, people nearby with that emotional aspect that you're creating. So now if we transition into the, the fitness and wellness aspect, it's very similar. Uh, it's going from traditional, the experience of somebody, right, interacting at an event and having a, a meaningful interaction with, uh, I, I will say like other people and another community that's outside of, of what they're used to. And eventually you're going to be able to connect with them digi digitally. So to give you a bigger picture on that aspect, I don't know if, you, if, I, if I've already lost you, but last year we hosted two events in Miami. It's called the 305 Fitathon. We did one in January. It's actually around this time. And then we did one in November right the one in january was very intimate very small but it created an experience that got people talking about it so eventually when the second time around uh when we promoted it we were able to not just connect with those same people and the people that they passed the word on to but a, a larger audience so it helped create a bigger experience an improved experience and attract different types of sponsors mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So those are, those are the two ways that I, I kind of connect the same strategy, right? Or, or see the same way of using traditional in a local community and evolving it into a digital uh, platform or digital strategy. Mm -hmm. So that's for the business part of it. And, you know, I, I try to stick around sports because I feel like, like you said, you know, it's an emotional thing. It's a thing that uh, it, it teaches you so many values, you know, if you approach it the right way and, and you got the right coaches and mentors mm -hmm. around you. Um, because one thing I, I do know is, you know, even though you're trying to be the best, you got to learn from the best. And you, you want to teach that as well. So later on, you know, somebody else could become better than you are at some point like that's just passing it on absolutely i mean that's the goal right you want to help somebody like your your why is to help people and if you can help other people become better at helping other people i mean that's you still affecting you know what you're trying to do that's still you just it's through them instead right like so it's even better that way that way that's how you help the most people on planet earth is you just help as many people as you can and hopefully they go help as many people as they can. And we have the network effect. Um, so I think, you know, one thing, you know, we talked about emotion with sports and I think, you know, taking out politics and, you know, religion, the two things people are most, in my opinion, the people are most emotional about are sports and charities or nonprofits. And you've kind of been able to tie those two things together. And, and when people have an emotional experience, when people have something that really touches them, what is it? People won't remember what you say, but they'll remember how you feel. I think that's a relatively famous quote, unless I just came up with it. In that case, please write it down. But, um, you know, I think like something like that, when you can tie those two things together, I think that's when, you know, one is awesome, but two is just super impactful. And as you said, you had one event, it was very intimate. And the second time around, people were talking, even though it was nine, 10 months later, right? So like, that's super impactful, where, you know, hopefully, you now be able to have start having them more and more often, you can impact even more lives. Um, so I do want to dive into one set for a little bit more. Can you, I guess, describe one of these events or exactly 
like what you're doing. Like, I know you've said it to me before, but I would like the people, you know, listening to understand like, what exactly do you do and, and how exactly are you doing it to impact lives and to help raise money for these charities and not for profits? Of course. So one said four is a charitable fitness community. And the way we contribute to organizations is by, you know, hosting or creating these events where people could come up and, you know, talk to other people, experience, share their stories. Um, that's one way. And I'll tell you about the events, how we've created these events and how that has evolved and what they're about. Mm -hmm. Another way is through actual products. So, you know, people are also emotional about what they wear. For example, you're wearing a, a, a sweater right now. With, mm -hmm. There you go. That, that's an emotional product for you, right? It, mm -hmm. My girlfriend loves the Rangers, so of course I'm going to wear it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you're, learning the, you're learning to find uh, yep. those emotions. Huh? Okay. Absolutely. That's good. She's so, probably happier when she sees me wearing this, right? Rather than just seeing me, now she sees me wearing a Rangers shirt. shirt. She's like, wow, this guy is probably the greatest thing that ever happened to me. How did I get so lucky? <laughs> that's definitely her thoughts there you go that that's good that, i'm, I'm going to start practicing that then that's a good tip so so that's another way right that you got the events you got the products and then eventually right now we're working on a few other ways to create experiences as well digitally so i'll tell you a little bit more about the events the events is um the first event we hosted it was like I said, it's called the 305 Fitathon. And what it, it really entailed, it was a CrossFit competition. Okay. And the first one we did was totally individual. So we got, a, we got a group of males and a group of females, and they competed. And, and we saw who was the best at the end of the day. They, they had to do a series of workouts. And I partnered with a specific gym in Florida. It's called Another Level Fit. And the gym owner, uh, Mr. Uh, Rafael Pino, <laughs> which he, he likes to go by Pino, he, he's the one that organized the whole competition aspect of it. Like the whole workout experience, he's the one that designed it for this event. So he's one of our partners that has helped this experience also grow uh, significantly. The other part of it is I have two other partners, which is uh, Alejandra Castaño and Jorge Paez. And they helped me more with the marketing and the concept of it and the organization for the event as well. Uh, one of them is uh, he's got experience with training and he's got, a, he's got his own network as well. And then the other one, she has experience with events. So she... I met actually at the Four Lot of the Strikers, I believe, or before that, but we worked together at the Four Lot of the Strikers. And she helped a lot with the marketing and organization of events. So those are the three major people that have been involved from the beginning. Now, I've had other people that have helped me to put the event together. Uh, the organization that we donate the money that we gather from the event. It's called Nueva Life, right? And what they do is they go to like 
I will, in, to put it into a perspective, it will be areas, very remote areas in countries like Colombia and Latin America where people are living in uh, like really extreme poverty. So extreme poverty meaning they have no access to clean water or they don't have access to water systems, right? Uh, they don't have real shelters like what we consider here a home. Like they live under sheet metal or they create their own little shelters out of uh, mud and, and it, you know, it's, it's, it's very different down there. They don't have access to the proper education or health. So these are all different things that they go out there and they help those communities with uh, to develop uh, themselves. So they've gone and they've created systems for, for water uh, that, you know, it helps the people in those areas uh, now to plant their own organic gardens. And they've also donated a lot of materials, such as bikes that allows the, the children to go to school. So it's many different little things that they've contributed to um, these certain communities. So now the reason we chose that organization is because obviously South Florida is rich with Latin American uh, communities, right? And it's also a passion for me to help these people because I've been there before. Um, now, there's been other people that have helped me with these events, such as volunteers. My own family has also contributed to it. And when you go to this event, when the participant or the spectator goes to this event, they already know that they're going because they're contributing to something else. They're not just going to win, mm -hmm. to participate and, and work out. Um, and by the way, this, this workout that this gentleman, Rafael Pino, has created, like, they're intense. <laughs> yeah, it's you said it's CrossFit, right? Yeah, they're, yeah. they're, pretty, they're pretty intense. So, it, you know, just seeing these people go through this workout and, you know, some people saw these people suffering. They're, oh, these people. But they motivated these other people that are watching the expectations. Mm -hmm to go out and, and, and start the year working out. So now the second time we did the event, we actually did it in twos, in pairs, mm -hmm. teams of twos. So the reason why we did it is because we noticed at the end of the first event, the competitors were all cheering for each other to finish the workout. Mm -hmm. It was a healthy competition. Like even, you know, it was even the, first person that finished their workout, they were cheering out for the last person that was finishing that workout, that set of workouts. So that was pretty special. So we decided to do it into twos. And it, one, it brought a, a larger crowd. Two, you know, is that teamwork that we just mm -hmm. talked about earlier. Yep. That helps you also to stay accountable and keep pushing farther beyond limits. So it was a very, very, very exciting experience for everybody that attended, for myself, for my you know, my team, the volunteers that showed up, uh, it definitely scaled up uh, significantly from the first time. And, and we plan to keep bringing these experiences to life, not just in Florida, but elsewhere in the country. Um, right now, I'm looking to do, a, do one here in New York by the end of this year. So um, that's, a, that's one way that we bring those two things together. I love it, man. And what was the um, what was the result for Nueva Life? How 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 impactful was the uh, what were the two events for the, the foundation? 
they were they were very very uh helpful for them uh one because you know spreading the word mm -hmm. is you know people knowing about this foundation and what they do so uh you know that's one of the ways to impact the the, the organization so this second time around we had a a larger group of uh volunteers from nueva life come to the event so it helped also spread the word out kind of people got talking about what it is what they do and also about the trips that uh nueva life does uh as mission trips to these mm -hmm. communities so later on this year in may we're planning a trip do it as a group uh and and having that experience as well so it's not just about the funds that we gathered and that has helped them significantly but it's also you know encouraging people to to experience something new and 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 worthwhile because when we go travel to these different countries outside of the country or here you know to to tourist areas we go to kind of disconnect you know with our, our routine so mm -hmm. uh we're offering a different experience uh where you know people are able to give back while they travel and they see all these um areas that are are not just like uh as easy to access as you know going out to the beach <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it's uh it's, it's pretty interesting like i would i would definitely be like to share more about that even about the experiences because um um I think it's something that has changed my life the first time yeah. I did it. And that's Yeah uh, man, this is this is your platform. Just tell me. I'll ask the questions. Just keep going. You're good. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks man. I, yeah, the, that that has changed my life when I went the first time. I went uh after we did the first event. And that so the event was in January right after the event I went and I went with a photographer which is uh my cousin in Colombia and she help me document what the volunteering experience was and it was amazing it was amazing seeing these kids light up uh when you donate a soccer ball for example to them mm -hmm. uh, you know it, it, just to put it in perspective a community of 28 families was sharing one soccer ball wow yeah that's that's they were sharing one soccer ball and you know 28 families is put it at a minimum of three or four people per family that's that's a lot of people sharing one soccer yeah, ball not so. not to put not to not to make the situation too lightly but as you were saying before you win you stay on i mean that that brings it to a whole nother level right <laughs> if it, you 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 want to win you want to continue to play so yeah that's i mean what'd you say three or four people i mean that's 120 give or take people yeah. sharing one ball like that's that's crazy and that's just one community, right? Yeah. So, so when we went, we not just volunteered, but we also brought in some gifts and some donations. So, I mean, those kids that received the equipment, uh, their eyes just lit up, you know, and, and, and me handing a, a soccer ball that I, that I got as a donation from here, from the States. You know, over here, we have so much access to okay i lost the soccer ball i could go to the store and buy one but over there in that community they one you know probably they don't have access to the funds and two there's not a store nearby <laughs> so uh 
so yeah, that was very special. And they kind of told us their stories about how they live, how the community, uh, you know, works together to kind of help each other out and um, about the, their culture, about their challenges, about, you know, about everything that they could tell us. But, you know, they're still young people. And uh, even the adults kind of sh showed us around a little bit and, and what their lives are like. So now, one thing that I did notice is that these kids with so little, you know, they could be so happy. And that helped me put things into perspective that, okay, like this experience, you know, is not just making these people happy. It's making me happy because I'm helping somebody else. So why not share that experience with, uh, you know, a larger crowd now? Obviously, you're not going to go with a thousand people traveling into this location, but, you know, it's, it's smaller groups that are going to be able to share in a, a very uh, meticulous way and, and uh, curated way because there's still dangers by, you know, going and people are going to tell you about the dangers, but, uh, you know, the systems that this foundation has created has allowed it to open it to a lot, a lot more people. So um yeah that that experience changed things into my own mindset and it kind of broke me away like from you know my limited beliefs my mm -hmm. you know we we provide our our mind our own limitations so that kind of changed everything and brought everything into perspective that i'm capable of doing a lot more with what i got Absolutely, man. I mean, we get in our own way more than anybody else does, right? I mean, what's on the other side of fear? Nothing. Um, you know, limiting beliefs, you know, believing that you can do something is you're 50% more likely to do it if you just believe you can do it. Um, so just getting, you know, halfway there, I think is really important. And on that topic of, you know, unlimited, um, you know, belief, like what, what is your, you know, pie in the sky view of, of one set four? And, and what are the types of events? What are the types of foundations that as soon as possible, you, 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 you would like to start working with and start helping. Of course, and I appreciate you asking that question. And the vision for One Set Four is, it, it is definitely a long-term play, right? It's, it's not something that I see, you know, I mean, if it happens, it happens, but I don't see it like just multiplying like into millions of people within six months right like it's something that i'm taking really a lot of care with and right now the manpower is you know it's 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 we're doing the best with what we got mm -hmm. so what i'm looking forward to one set for is getting help from more people uh whether that is like volunteers to help grow the voice of one set for and, and the meaning about it um, but also like, you know, financial aspect of it, you know, just putting structure in certain ways where it also attracts a backing and, mm -hmm. um, it allows other, you know, businesses to grow out of it as well. You know, like the gym, for example, that's one, yeah. uh, the sponsors at DC dance, like that's, that's, you know, that's, that's another added value that we're helping this business grow and get exposure. So. Uh, in a local community. So um, the other thing that I see with One Step Four is creating more of those experiences, creating more events, creating more opportunities to travel to different locations 
and creating more opportunities for people to also wear what you know mm-hmm. what they feel like it's is meaningful to them. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's how that's how I see it, and I believe uh, you know it's uh, it's all a matter of, of of time. These things start to click in little by little. Mm-hmm. With the organizations that I look forward to work with, uh, it, it could be local, it could be international organizations. Uh, but you know, it's definitely up to our team and seeing how they also connect with our, our values and beliefs. Absolutely. Yeah. Morals, mission, values, beliefs, those things have to align because if those things align, it's stars aligning and, and, you know, we can, we can shoot this thing into space. If some of those are a little off, that's when, uh, that's when problems do start to occur. Um, so, so I guess Jonah, like what, what can I do to help you? Um, you know, I, I, I introduced you to a friend of mine a couple of weeks ago. I, I don't know if you guys had the opportunity to chat. He's a cool dude, works for the American Cancer Society, you know, well, who says you can't help a million people tomorrow? Shoot. He's a good guy. He might be able to get you there tomorrow. You never know. Um, but like, what, what else can I do? What else can people listening, what can they do, uh, you know, to try and help and, uh, you know, your mission and, uh, you know, and helping others. I appreciate that. Look, you've done a lot already just by putting me on the podcast, putting hey, me in touch with Dan. I, there's I, always more, you know, there, there's, there's so much value that you've added already. And I, if anything, I, I, I would just say to, to follow us on social media, to check out our, our website and and to learn more about the events that are coming up and the trips that are coming up. So, mm-hmm. uh, I well, what, so, so what's your, what's your website? What's your social media? I mean, I'll get it and I'll put it in the show notes, but say it here, just so people that are scrolling right the now. The website is one set com. So the word one, the word set and the number four.com and the social media handles is the same one set four. And that's pretty much where you're going to find you know, pictures and videos about the past experiences. And if you go on our website, you're going to find blogs that are going to be discussing uh, the future events and what's coming for once at four. I love it, man. What, well, what are, what, are, what are the future events? What is coming? So right now I can tell you is that uh, we're doing the trip in May. And okay. then for the events. Back down know, to Colombia? You're doing another trip back down to yes, Colombia? Okay. We're going to, to Colombia to the north part of the region um and we're gonna be going for about uh seven to eight days wow yeah so that that experience you know you guys can learn more on our site it's very detailed and uh we look forward to you know bringing in people from different walks of life and and, and experiencing that and, and, and learning about something that's outside of our realm you know stepping outside of that because it, it definitely helps us grow individually and as a community as well. I love it, man. Good stuff. Well, Jonah, I mean, do you have anything else to add? I think we did a pretty great job at getting a lot of this stuff out there. Is there anything else you want to, you want to let the people know? No, thank you. I want to say thank you. And, uh, you know, you're doing a great job. You had, I think you asked the right questions. Thank you. I'm excited for the upcoming, uh, episode. Yeah, yeah, man, it's, it should be fun. Um, as I told you before, we're, I'm trying to get uh, about 200 um, between the two podcasts that I do. This one where it's more general um, about people who love sports and, and why they work in sports. And the other one I have, you know, with, with my business, I, I uh, help Olympic athletes and Olympic properties. So that one is very Olympic focused, which is a lot of fun. And hearing their stories are incredible. But I thought, why, why 
why limit myself to who I talk to? I love talking to them, but I love talking to you too. So shoot, let's just have a couple of them, right? So uh, good stuff, man. Well, sincerely thank you for your time. Um, you know, it's the only thing we don't get more of. So I appreciate you giving me some of yours and thanks for the story and excited. Hopefully a couple people out there listening will be able to, uh, to impact your life a little bit more and uh, you know, maybe you've already impacted theirs. Awesome. Thank you, Michael. Appreciate that. Thank you so much for listening to this episode and all the episodes of For the Love of Sports. Um, on a personal note, I would really like to say thank you and and sincerely, sincerely mean that. This is the actual favorite thing that I get to do. Just talk to incredible people, have great conversations, and I learn and hopefully you're learning something and hopefully we can laugh along the way. So if you could please give this a five-star review, if you could please share this Um subscribe to it do whatever you have to do the more people that do that the more these stories and these conversations get out and i'm really hoping that one day um one day soon this will be something that i get to do as a full-time job um, on top of my other full-time job of course but this is an absolute blast sincerely appreciate it check the show notes for all social media handles anything that came from the episode we'll have everything down there and i hope you really did enjoy it so if there's anything i can do better please make sure to reach out uh, my email address michael period Raziel one at gmail please make sure to check me out on linkedin uh, on instagram and and just reach out because i'm willing to answer any questions and hey if you got a cool story i'd love to have you on as well so thank you so much sincerely appreciate it and i hope you make it a wonderful day